for Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com. Helping Isle of Man companies and citizens to understand net zero targets and a green future. Goodbye, good afternoon. Welcome to Man and Line on Manx Radio. Text, call, email, or WhatsApp, whatever's on your mind. Yesterday, we talked a lot about camper vans and mobile homes at uh, the Ayers uh, Nature Reserve and thoughts on that. And one caller mentioned that uh, many other jurisdictions do an awful lot more for camper vans and mobile homes than we do on the Isle of Man. Is it time to do something more? A little niche that we could possibly make more of. Anyway, thoughts on that? Anything else you want to talk about? And uh, that news came through yesterday also about HSBC announcing the intention to close uh, the branch in Ramsey and relocate the Douglas branch as well from uh, where it is uh, the uh, end of Ridgeway Street and uh, junction with Victoria Street into Strand Street in Douglas. Uh, if you are, if you do use uh, the HSBC branch in St Paul Square in Ramsey, it'd be good to hear from you just uh, what, what it is you think you want to do. Christian's got more on it. An email notification was sent to those with accounts at the bank informing them of the decision. The bank says it's following a real estate and branch review of its network across the Isle of Man. The Douglas branch will be moved to Strand Street whilst the head office teams will relocate to a new central Douglas location next year. The Ramsey branch is due to close towards the end of March this year. The decision has come following what they've described as an evolution in the way people use banking services, something that was accelerated by the pandemic. Many customers carry out their day-to-day banking digitally and they've seen significant reduction in the number of people using the Ramsey branch. However, those working within the bank in Ramsey will be offered positions at the Douglas branch when it finally closes its doors on the 28th of March. 28th of March, uh, there was a meeting of Ramsey commissioners last night and uh, quite some reaction to what uh, uh, it is proving to be. Uh, that's going to be a third, isn't it? So there's Alaman Bank and Barclays in Ramsey. And at the moment, HSBC, but that's going. Anyway, the commissioners had something to say about that. And I think we're going to be reporting on that later on today on Manx Radio News. Uh, sadly, uh, Jay in Colby dropped a note in regarding the motorhome issue in the north. Sadly, the Smale motorhome issue is, has been a mess of the government's own making. There was already pressure on the environment before COVID, but in summer 2020, under the Boot administration, uh, they published an article in newspapers saying that it was a campsite and open to all. I cried, says Jane Colby. How idiotic. Now the government's banned motorhomes from the airs. Are they planning to install a wind farm on the site? Or am I seeing things differently? Says Frank Francis. Uh, delighted to hear motorhomes are going to be banned from the airs, says Sam. They're a blot on the landscape. My heart sinks whenever you arrive at a beauty spot and they're all lined up with their deck chairs. The worst thing you can do is concrete an area just to let them park, uh, says Sam. Thank you, Sam, on 860. Uh, I got my reminder about road tax this morning and paid it at Williston Post Office right away, says TIW. Uh, there was some suggestion yesterday that motor tax reminders weren't being sent out. 
Uh, my, Mary and Ramsey said, my husband got his vehicle licence renewed due on the 31st of January this morning. So, working okay, Mary and Ramsey. And Colin said, I just got mine in the post as well. Yes, they still do send them out uh, for car tax reminders. I had one yesterday. Tax due at the end of January says 559. I've had two vehicle licence renewals in the post this morning. Says 450. Now, is that because you got two vehicles or you're just popular? Big Phil says, up there with the scourge of motorhomes is the antisocial practice of parking commercial vans in residential areas. The ignorance of such people knows no boundaries. It only results in the areas in question being driven down to the levels of the lowest common social denominator, says Big Phil. Commercial vans in residential areas. Well, there is. I'm sure there's a, a ruling on that, certainly on, on the length, the size of commercial vans you can park in a residential area. And also uh, a note in from Vernon who said, but also uh, motorhomes being parked in residential areas often nowhere near the home of the person who owns the motorhome. So uh, my car tax was due on the 1st of January. I got my reminder early December, says Tony C. And turbine foundations, Julian has referred to, aren't in Isle of Man territorial waters, and um, Michelle Hay would be unable to stop it, says text of 428. Uh, David's with us now. Hi, David. Hi, Randy. Uh, just uh, picking up yesterday, having a quick listen, and it reminded me about the person was on said, uh, all these uh, Mr. Thomas organised these focus groups, remember? Yeah. Uh, focus groups around the aisle. The council ministers did it as well, and we, ne- they, we never got anywhere, but that was going to happen with theirs. But that Mr. Thomas had one for those people who, and it's a serious issue in the Isle of Man, those that own their own properties, and when you come to get help from social services, they virtually turn around, and I'm, I'm plagiarising it a little bit, is... You've got a house, you've got value in the property, sell it, do something different. And just to let you know, I was talking to someone the other day about if you go into a home and roughly, I'm not blaming the homes, uh, there should be more of them anyway, and government thankfully is building the one down at Glenside there, 1,200 a week. Now, how can people, and uh, when you come towards the end of your life, why are you using all your assets just to keep you alive? And that's the the, the bane of it, what um, Mr. Thomas had failed to do. Well, I was thinking two years ago, we never got anything from the focus groups to say, yeah, we could do something. Scotland do something. And England do a little bit different as well. So what, why are we doing? And the final thing I want to throw into you in the mix, which is ideal now, because I'm led to believe, too, in the Onkin Post Office, too, Barclays are packing in. So why don't we get Mr. Stu Peters on? He'll love this. Stu Peters, he's the chairman, and say to him, why can't the post offices be a bank? So when's Barclays pulling out of Onken? Uh, shortly. I was talking to, so I'm not a Barclays customer. I'm a, believe it or not, I'm HSBC, but they're okay. They're still in Douglas. But uh, I was told that by a person there where... Older people, and this is the issue, the older generation, we don't all do electronic banking, and we like to have, make sure that we know what's in the bank, don't we? Mm. So were you, you uh, did you start with Midland Bank, or, or did you start with HSBC? 
I was a Midland customer, and then I went to uh, Natural Natural National Provincial, and then there was Abbey National, and then it went to uh, they were bought out by then by HSBC. But what a trip it was, <laughs> and uh, just to the younger generation who may not be listening, and but their grandparents will tell them all the time: when you're young, get your money saved to one side, make sure your your mother, father, or your nanny or uncle. Get a few quid to one side and put a little nest egg for you. David, this is a problem for uh, the generation nowadays, the older generation. People who are, well, I mean, I'm closer to the end of my life than the beginning. And I'm guessing you are as well. So, um, you know, if people have husbanded their resources throughout the years, if they've made sacrifices in their early years and their... Assets are effectively stripped by the government to pay for a care home, okay. and somebody yeah. else doesn't do that. Um, is I mean, is it the government's job to make a decision, to make a, a moral judgment on people uh, who, who, who fall both sides of that? I mean, whose job it's, is it to make a decision? It's definitely the government. At the end of the day, the government actually makes the laws to protect the uh, citizens, and if there's an injustice uh, which can be corrected, and it can be. Other jurisdictions have done it. Scotland definitely do, does it. And England has a, a, a bit of a, a misnomer we go into. But you can be protected a little bit. And then when you want to pass your asset on, because you could be sitting on the house, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand pound now, maybe three hundred thousand pound. And when you get the letter through the door to say uh, your husband or wife go into um, care, it's, uh, I know because I've seen one yesterday, 1,200 a week. So how can any politician come on this radio now and tell me how how can they justify that? I presume it's a, they're all businesses. Yeah. I don't blame them on that. Well, it is. I mean, they are businesses and they have to pay for yeah. staff and they have to pay for yeah. medical resources. But this problem yeah. wouldn't have existed 50, 60 years ago, A, because houses no. weren't worth what they are nowadays. I mean, you know, yeah. you could have got a, a, a 10 bedroom boarding house for 50,000 <laughs> quid, you know, 30 years yeah. ago easily. But yeah. now we have houses that are in the upper hundreds of thousands of pounds. So I yeah. mean, what should the government do then? Put a limit on how much they can claw back from a property? say we'll take the first 50,000 or or what well, should they do you that's an issue because instead of uh, lowering their income threshold if a person's in a home to such a value that then they help them out they take all the pensions and they take all the, the assets they um they strip them dry virtually and then they what they do is they when they're in a home or not uh, they cry in the homes uh the the uh, People who look after the people who are looking out outside, like they give them what ten pound a week uh, to get um, soap, mm. perfume, or what you know the the little the niceties to make their life a lot better. And the thing or is that you know, I mean, we are a, a society. The Western society is obsessed with youth. Well, I mean, we're obsessed with youth. You go to somewhere like Japan, they yeah. re- they revere older people. And surely we, it, it's the government's job to make sure people's la- later years are dignified. Correct. And uh, it's st- for a story of the other day, but I want to contribute too about the dignity in dying. And um, I, I've seen the newspaper article, but I need to read that because I think the, the two doctors, and I supported them uh, years ago when it came up again, that it's not just a thing where you just press a button or a person says, I've had enough. 
and you, you go down a different route and then you realize then because sometimes I've known people who uh, and well, we have people who are 95, 97, 91. I know them personally. I was talking to a lady yesterday who chews me off all the time and she's 90 odd. OK. Andy. All right. Thanks see for that, what, David. See what we, we can do as a nation. Bye. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Well, actually, I would recommend this to you. It's um, the front page of today's Manx Independent. A good story by uh, uh, Rebecca Braid um, talking about doctors say no to legal euthanasia. Uh, do pick up the Manx Independent uh, today and read it. Uh, three doctors have spoken out against proposals to legalize assisted dying um, uh, Fiona Baker, a GP as well, uh, speaks about it. So um, do take Dr. Fiona Baker and the palliative care specialist Ben Harris have voiced their concerns to the newspaper. Very interesting story and well done to the Independent for putting that out. Uh, more to talk about as well. I just want to tell you, if you're aware of the stuff that's happening in Jerby, by the way, uh, next Monday there's going to be maintenance works from next Monday, the 9th of January. It's going to be five weeks, a five-week road closures in place for refurbishing uh, work on the Jerby Coast Road between uh, the Bretney and Len Beach Roads. Starts Monday the 9th until the 12th of February. Uh, DOI is conducting ditching, uh, edge trimming, resurfacing, and maintaining the, maintaining the drainage soakaways. Now, residential access will be maintained throughout, but may only be available from one end of the road, while those on the Len Beach Road access will be available from the Kiandrakad Road. Uh, the works have been deliberately timed to avoid a clash with Manx Telecom's communications works in the area. So do be aware of that. That's uh, work, a five-week closure on the Jerby Coast Road between the Bretney and Len Beach Roads, uh, do, especially if you're heading up there uh, for the weekend as well. And one thing I wanted to mention, because the Built Heritage uh, has been in the news quite recently, there's a select committee on Monday of Tinwold on Built Heritage taking oral evidence as part of its inquiry into the options for better protecting the Isle of Man's historic built environment. Now, Andrew Martin's going to appear at 10.30. He's a witness. He's a researcher. You'll be able to hear it via the Timwell website. We're going to have somebody there from Manx Radio just to see what's going to be. The evidence is going to be heard in public in the Legco chamber, and you're more than welcome to pitch up there on Monday morning. The evidence can also be heard uh, live and listen again on the Timwell website, timwell.org.im. Now, the members elected to the committee are Jason Morehouse, uh, the MHK, and MLC's Bill Henderson, Marlene Masker. Marlene Masker is uh, going to be chairing the committee, and uh, you can find out the progress of the committee's inquiry. That's the Select Committee of Timwold on Built Heritage on Monday, taking um, uh, evidence from the witness, Dr. Andrew Martin, who is a researcher. Loads of messages in today. And by the way, I'll, I'll talk to you. A few people have messaged in and said, what, what are you waffling on about Douglas Borough Council for? Well, I'll tell you more about that. And the uh, implications, uh, somebody's been making allegations of corruption against Douglas Borough Council. Very, I mean, it's a serious uh, subject, a very serious allegation. Uh, and I'll give you more on that. Turbine Foundations, again, that Julian's referred to. Uh, can't be stopped. That's another mention regarding that. 
what a demeaning caller on camper vans yesterday. Camper vans park where they want because they don't want to pay. They're littered around the roads of Peel. It is a pain, says. Are you a Peel resident? Lots of camper vans park um, on the far end of Peel Promenade where the old swimming pool uh, used to be. So, uh, good thing or bad thing. The airs are ex-landfill. It's still in there. Um, and Manx Rob says uh, it, there is a possibility that there is asbestos up there. Is that true? The airs is a beautiful place. It needs preserving, says Texter 287. And if motorhomes are destroying it, then unfortunately... They need to stop the motorhomes. The people with motorhomes are very responsible, but unknowingly they could be damaging the airs. Plenty of places for people with motorhomes to park, I'm sure. Not as beautiful or as wild, but there are plenty of areas for them to park, says that texter. Uh, blaming it as on, on the camper van is unfair. Uh, this was um, uh, Michelle Hayward yesterday was talking about the damage that has been done to the environment by camper vans. It's the boy racers that go to Smale and the point uh, that are doing donuts and churning up the plates. Why no mention of this? And surely they should be stopped. Uh, let's go back to the phones now. Barbara's with us now. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Um, good morning, Mr. Wint. Oh, well, oh, good afternoon now. Um, it's Barbara Brewett, and I used to be chairman of the Southern Swimming Pool Board. I remember, Barbara. We chatted a few months ago. We did. Um, I resigned from the board um, and uh, as chairman, um, but I would like to, now I'm not constrained by what I can say. First of all, I, I'd really like to reply to that Eddie character that was in on Tuesday. Yes. Made some comments. Um, the first comment that I'd like to reply to was he said uh, that Julie Edge had made the decision not to release the view till Christmas. I would like to point out that it isn't Julie Edge's decision. The review was requested by the Council of Ministers. Therefore, it was the Council of Ministers' decision as to when they released the review. Okay. Okay. Um, I really am a little bit confused as to why he keeps going on um, about a police investigation of the accounts and management of the Southern Swimming Pool. There is nothing untoward. There is nothing for a police to investigate. All the accounts are clearly um, in the public domain, um, and the um, auditors are Baker Tilly, um, and they carried out an assurance review. And I can assure you I would not have put my name to anything that was in the least bit um, suspect when it comes to money matters. Um, and also, the other thing I'd like to say to him is I very much resent the fact that he keeps on and on about the administrator down the pool, falsifying the accounts, etc. The administrative officer down the southern pool is a fully qualified accountant. When the present board took over, it was she that alerted us to the financial problems down at the pool. We have extrapolated all the figures, 
and we have looked at all the figures and even done a forensic on it. There is nothing wrong with the figures at all. It's just the pool is in dire financial straits. So, well, with all that behind us now, Barbara, and I don't know, I'm not, you know, I mean, you, you must say as much as you want to and as much as you're allowed to, but, well, but I, really, I, what, I mean, what is the future for the Southern Pool? Um, I, I have no idea what the, the future for the Southern Pool is. I know what I would like to see for the Southern Pool. And can you say that? Um, I, I will say what I like now because I'm no longer down on the Southern Pool. I, we have fought very, very hard. This present board fought very, very hard to save the pool for the Southern community. I would say the demographics of the Isle of Man are such that we do need a pool down the south. I mean, our bus services, etc., are not sufficiently um, robust in order to support people from the south going either to Western or down to the NSC. What I would like to see is a standalone um, facility where all the pools are under one delegated management I feel that maybe um, a mini NSC down at in the southern would be the way to go. We need a decent pool down here. Uh, how far away from real trouble is the southern pool, Barbara? Financially, we're in, we're in trouble now, Andy, if you want the honest truth. The government is supporting us. The subventions that were coming through um, have been the same since 2011. The Southern Pool is a very old pool. Um, the Western and Northern will be in the same situation with the massive loans, etc., in the not-too-distant future. I don't want to point any fingers, Andy, but it's, it's been very difficult but the sole purpose of the board is to save the pool for the southern community. Okay, well, I appreciate that, Barbara, and, and I think most people know that um, you were you were dealt a fairly rough card of hands, and you had to play that card as best as you could. Yes, that's correct, and and the way to and the way we dealt with it, we have had help from the government. The minister has has been very helpful. But in financial times, like we're in at the moment, how, you know, how feasible is it to build a new pool now? Probably not. Therefore, it needs to be refurbished. And uh, is refurbishing the pool, I mean, is that not throwing good money after bad? <sighs> I said to the reviewer, my first, my first priority would be to build a new pool or maybe something with a running track and that sort of thing, provide a proper sports facility. If that couldn't happen, then we need to refurbish until we get a new school or decide to move the pool elsewhere. Uh, that's, my, that's the point I was going to come to, Barbara. Uh, has anybody identified any other site? There are other sites available. There's government, uh, there is government land down in the south of the island that would be available for a pool. Okay, Barbara, I really appreciate you coming on today, and thanks for... Uh, uh, I'm sure you've uh, been biting your lips uh, for uh, a few other times in the past, but now you're free of constraints. Thanks for coming on. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I do feel that uh, Mr. whatever his name is, Eddie, needs to declare a pecuniary interest in what's going down going on down at the Southern Pool. He obviously can't read a set of accounts and going on about a 30,000 profit for a cafe is a load of rubbish. I'm sorry, but it is. And the, the pool management actually looked at the cafe. The other two, the other two cafes are brand new purpose milled. This, all we had was a snack cafeteria. And okay. to refurbish it would have cost a, a lot of money. Does that make sense, Andy? It does, and I'm glad you've set the record straight, Barbara. Thanks right. for calling today. Okay, then. Thank you. Thank you. 29 minutes before one on Manx Radio. The future of the Southern Pool. It's a vexed question. Pools, by and large, don't make a profit. Of course they can't because of the, the capital cost of the industrial plant that's required. And the Southern Pool, by dint of history, is the oldest pool on the Isle of Man. It's old, and uh, lots of money's been spent on the Western Pool, on the NSC Pool, and the pool in Ramsey, and subsequently the pool at Balakameen High School. And there you have the pool in Castletown, a community that's getting bigger and bigger. The south, the south is getting bigger. Houses are being built, lots of houses currently in Balasala. What to do and when to do it? Well, who knows? Surely the government. What do you think of Barbara's suggestion about a mini NSC for the south of the Isle of Man? Running track and pool, gym facilities. Any thoughts on the matter? Need something to brighten up these dark winter months? Treat yourselves to a glitzy night at the Manin Hotel. Enjoy a three-course a la carte dinner, superb entertainment, plus a night stay and breakfast too, all just £185 per couple. On January the 14th, you can start the new year in style as Billy West returns with the ultimate tribute to Freddie Mercury. Visit maninhotel.im to book or call 60 25 55 now. You're in the car and you've been circling the car park for what feels like forever. No spaces in sight and the queues are backing up behind you. Then, out of the corner of your eye, you spot someone with shopping walking towards you. They gesture that their car is right next to you and the only space is now yours. Woohoo! This is how it feels when you save over £500 versus MT with our broadband home phone and mobile bundle. Start saving at Shaw.com. T's and C's apply. Gilg Jay as Gilg Mera. Have a A Gilg, the Max Gaelic, Ginian Amera, the mother tongue of Alan Vanin, the Isle of Man. Have a You can catch up with more of Manx Radio's Manx language programmes in the weekly podcast Aberchen Rish. Say that again. Have a Shen that's the one. 
The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. That's to my good afternoon, 26 minutes before one. Call, text, email or WhatsApp, whatever's on your mind today. Uh, we've had a uh, comment in the past about the Isle of Man's youth justice system, and Tim Wall's going to be asking, uh, will be asked to support calls for urgent improvements to the Isle of Man's youth justice system at next month's sitting. A committee is going to look into how young people are dealt with by police and the courts, and they've made seven recommendations for the change. Obviously, the youth justice system is really important to everybody, not just the people who are going through it and friends and relatives, but uh, making sure that young people who do transgress and perform criminal acts don't get into the habit because that would just infect the rest of society and will affect their lives. Uh, I just want to offer a suggestion um, which could possibly be shared on Man in Line. Um, this, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the person who sent this in, uh, the Isle of Man has always been innovative. It's led the way of many things over the years. Is it now time to lead once again and create an excellent healthcare service and a role model for the future? Says this, uh, this uh, email correspondent. Presently, our health service on the Isle of Man seems to have been subtly privatised. And like the UK, it's broken down. Allegedly, we're short of 500 staff, the words of the emailer. 500 staff at the hospital, and there's little evidence of social care as being personally experienced as an elderly person just out of hospital. Now, if Manx Care was created to sort out the finances regarding what and where government money was being spent, it seems to have failed. Perhaps one could say the money now seems to be more focused on checking administration. So, if the government is willing to take risks, uh, to take responsibility and listen to the doctors and nursing staff instead of bringing in experts who can be blamed, the Isle of Man could rise from the ashes and become an iconic health service, supported by private patient care. There's a need for total reform, recognition and action on the many issues presently concerning doctors, staff and patients alike. As the crisis grows in the UK, the Isle of Man could reinvent itself as a modern caring health system, which presently it isn't. Nurses are working 12-plus hour shifts and problems with incoming doctors and pensions. Well, I think it's become a disgrace, the words of the emailer. So come on. In government, now is your golden opportunity. Well, thanks for that email concerning the health system on the Isle of Man and interesting just to see where we go with that. Actually, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Teresa Cope and Andrew Foster are going to be in from Manx Care and we'll find out exactly where Manx Care is. Manx Care was created really to separate the political from the operational, from DHSC, from Manx Care. How many illegal immigrants are there on the Isle of Man, says Terry? I wonder why none of the UK government um, uh, has been told down how many illegal immigrants are taking up hospital beds on the Isle of Man. Do we police illegal immigrants? When was the last time you heard of anybody being deported from the Isle of Man for being illegally here, says Terry? Do you know, I don't think we have for, for a long time. So you wonder whether or not people are here illegally. Obviously, you need a work permit, so they won't be working in the proper economy. They'll be working in the black economy. I'm going to be closing my HSBC account and moving to one of the remaining banks in Ramsey, says Texter929. 
And Pauline says exactly the same. Uh, 929, she says, I'm going to be closing my HSBC account and moving to another bank in Ramsey. Motorhomes should be welcomed on the Isle of Man. We're missing a trick in tourists from this sector. The continent make a fortune out of people with motorhomes. And as for the heirs, motorhomes aren't banned. They've just withdrawn overnight permits. I've stayed at the airs in my camper van many times and never had a permit. And I don't intend to stop now, says Holly. Thanks for that. Uh, the people who park massive commercial vans on residential property just t change the discs every two hours and nothing is done. It's ridiculous, says Texter901. And they also have other vehicles as well. It's very selfish. Uh, regarding care homes, some people aren't lucky enough to have assets or to be in any situation to put money away for nest eggs, says uh, Texter901. And care homes charge way too much for what they offer. The healthcare assistants get paid peanuts and the food in re residence is given is terrible. Care home owners make an absolute fortune, says 901. Well, you have to give a bit of... If you've got some evidence for that, 901, please, because you say care homes charge way too much for what they offer. Well, they would say they, they charge the going rate. Government has a, a tariff which it will pay for care homes. Um, so that's it. And care home owners make an absolute fortune. Well, in that case, there's your opportunity. Start a care home and make a fortune. Just a quick note, says Francis, why has the Manx government not agreed to legal euthanasia on the Isle of Man? It will bring a lot of income to the Isle of Man like it does in Switzerland. I think, are you suggesting the government should agree to legal euthanasia on the Isle of Man, Frank? Do you think that's, it's been suggested in the past, but it's never really got that much traction. Do you think... That would be something. Would you want to go into that industry? If you ask young, this is Helen on uh, 480. If you ask young people if they save money, the answer is inevitably no. There's no point. Regarding older people, says Helen, there's little respect for older people in our society. Well, I mean, young people do save. Some young people do save, don't they? And Nicola dropped me a note in to say, uh, why do people in corporation housing own motorhomes? Look at the advantages. Cheap rent, no payment of £2,000 rates every year, no maintenance on the properties. Most don't even look after the garden. It's shocking how people use taxpayers' money for personal gain. Nicola said there should be a rule. You aren't allowed to own a motorhome if you live in public sector housing. They should be asked to leave and pay like the majority with all the bills. They have to go out to work 40 or 60 hours a week to have. Well, that's an old chestnut. People who live in public sector houses who have um, substantial family incomes, maybe two parents, two, possibly three children, earning well into six figures as a family, as a household income. Now, whether or not you think that's the right thing or whether government should do something about that, well, nothing is done about it. So who will decide? Just to go back to the situation with the youth justice system and what's going to happen 
urgent improvements, really, to the Isle of Man's youth justice system. As I say, that committee is looking at how young people are dealt with by police and the courts, and there are seven recommendations for change. Seven recommendations. Having heard evidence from the police, lawyers and judiciary, the Constitutional and Legal Affairs and Justice Committee is now calling for Timor to reform the current approach to youth justice on the island. It's asking the Manx Parliament to support what it says is an urgent need to improve the range and effectiveness of early intervention in a bid to prevent young people becoming involved in crime. Another recommendation sees the committee ask Timwald to agree that the Criminal Justice Board should, as a matter of urgency, increase the range of sentencing available through the juvenile court. If all recommendations are approved, the Criminal Justice Board will be required to start including performance data on the youth justice team's work, particularly on reducing offending and reoffending when it submits its annual report to Timwald. It's also seeking the setting up of a Youth Justice Board, which will work across multiple agencies and manage a youth justice team similar to the one disbanded in 2018. Chair of the committee, Tanya August Hansen, MLC, will present the full report to Timwald next month and seek approval for the recommendations. It's not a very trendy subject, not very sexy at all, to talk about the youth justice system because um, there's no real tangible output. It's, it's, a, it's an intangible output. It's justice. It's behaviour within society. And it's the quality of life. But it's certainly something that is being looked at, and we look forward to hearing what that has to say. So, um, good on those doctors, says T, for calling out this assisted dying agenda. They introduced it in Canada for end-of-life care patients. Now they provide the service for people with mere depression, physical disabilities and age concerns. Um, where does their line lie, says T? Uh, well, I would say, I recommend you grab a copy of the Manx Independent today and look on the front page. Doctors say no to legal euthanasia. Thank you, Julian. I dropped a note in just to say the Arab report recommends about 100 offshore wind turbines within Isle of Man's 12-mile territorial waters. The damage to the seabed caused by the foundations and cabling would be within the jurisdiction, control and possible refusal from the Isle of Man government, including Michelle Haywood. So, uh, within our 12-mile territorial water, 100 offshore turbines. As yet... We've not seen much. I'm a concerned resident of the St. John's area. I was walking out with my dog yesterday along the Currucks just past the amenity site. Am I right in thinking that Defereff have a nursery field along the roadside? A large plot has been planted with some young saplings. I happen to notice that the, uh, the ground uh, um, is... Um, I've lost the rest of it. I'll try and find some more. Sometimes the um, the messages split as they come in. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. And this was from... Uh, let me see. Alan, who just said, you keep talking about what's happening at Douglas Council. What is happening at Douglas Council? It's quite complicated, so I'll st new readers start here. On the 30th of December, Manx Radio received an email to our newsroom from the leader of Douglas Council, Claire Wells. Claire Wells has got a gov.im email account, and it was sent to Manx Radio. 
And it was sent to uh, one of our former journalists here, which said, Hi, Lisa, this is just a quick heads up. If anything leaks out early next week, I'm sure official channels will be in touch at some stage in the new year. But the rumour mill has already started, I believe. There's been an emergency meeting of the council called for next week, but I don't intend to resign, as other members are suggesting. Far from it, I intend to call a vote of confidence in myself and expect it will be carried unanimously. Best wishes for the new year, when I hope to firm up on the above, should fake news circulate from Clare. Ostensibly from the leader of Douglas Council, Clare Wells. Well, our local democracy reporter contacted Isle of Man Advertising, who represent Douglas Borough Council, to inquire about the meeting. And we were told from Isle of Man Advertising, no truth in that suggestion at all. Suggest a spam or that an account has been hacked. But next meeting is scheduled as normal for the week after next. Well, as you can appreciate, the hacking of a government-associated account is significant and serious. Claire Wells has got a gov.im email account, and it's been suggested, suggested that the account has been hacked. So, we asked if Douglas Borough Council could provide a statement, and we're still waiting for the statement. Has Claire Wells, the leader of Douglas Council, has her email account, her official email account, a gov.im email account, has it been hacked or hasn't it? And what is happening at Douglas Borough Council? After a tough defeat to start 2023, FC Isle Man are back this weekend, hoping to get their first results of the new year. The Ravens face Kendall Town at the Bowl this Saturday, hoping to recapture some winning form in front of a home crowd. Join me, Rob Pritchard and Tony Meppen for FC Isle Man versus Kendall Town this Saturday, kicking off at 6pm. Manx Radio will be providing full live match commentary on our AM1368 and digital platforms. Live coverage of FC Isle Man on Manx Radio is supported by Selton, investing in our community. The Man in Line, brought to you by Net Zero matrix.com the and isle of man's main net zero progress website thank you janet in peel who said and there are camper vans parked on west key in peel on the pavement since last september is that so is is, is that is that right since last september and nothing has happened uh back onto that um uh, that ground, uh, that uh, field full of trees, why has DEFA done this? Apparently the ground's been cleared and rotivated. Surely lifting the young trees uh, and giving to a Manx Woodland Trust would have been a better thing to do. Is this true around the uh, St John's amenity site? Uh, surely this is disgraceful since we're in a, in a climate emergency. Surely they could have been planted and given a chance. Maybe DEFA would like to comment, says Joan. Um... Uh, Keith said um, uh, most of the comments are not true regarding the parking of motorhomes. Uh, Keith is going to drop me a note. Keith, I look forward to that. Uh, my email address is andywent at manxradio.com if you want to tell me about the parking of motorhomes. We appreciate that. Uh, what about the doctor's Hippocratic Oath? Do no harm. We introduce assisted suicide at our peril. They open it wide open and make the poor feel obligated into dying. No good, thanks, says Texton476. Uh, and Jeff said, Andy, controversial it might be, but 
uh, to join two subjects together. I have my own home, and I made a decision many years ago that the sacrifices would be worth it to own my own home. Then my mother goes into care with no savings uh, and in a council house. So I was required to make up the shortfall in the cost of her care because I have assets. Yet I drive through council estates, which supposed to be subsidised housing for those who need it, but there are numerous motorhomes parked on the estates. And we know the kind of value that motorhomes are. So how come some council houses aren't means-tested if they can afford twenty, possibly £30,000 for a motorhome do they require to be in a council property? Uh, I was to be means-tested and expected to support my mother in old age. Just a thought, says Jeff. Echoes what David was saying earlier on. And uh, this is certainly something that's just bubbled up in the last few years about using private assets, personal assets, to pay for care simply because you have assets. Somebody with no assets isn't required to shell out at all. Uh, Ian said, Andy, about these Jerby Road works, I'd love to know how they prioritise the work. Yes, that road is a mess, as are many others. But I can envisage the workforce being sat in their vehicles due to bad weather for most of the short working days that they're going to have in January, says Ian. G says, Andy, heritage is of no value to people who will leave or not come to the Isle of Man because of its rapid decline. So £30 million worth of museum items which have never been seen and use the money for the Southern School and the sports facility, says G. G, I think the money's there. It's in the pink book. The money is there. The money is, is ready to be... I mean, obviously, it's not liquid, a liquid asset, but the money has been committed for the Newcastle Russian High School. Selling off museum items... Well, uh, regarding the Southern Pool, Julian, uh, again, just say, regarding the Southern Pool, it's still functioning, it's clean, it's fit for purpose. I, as a regular swimmer, uh, on-the-ground user, can testify to this. There's no immediate problem. Uh, sorry, the immediate problem is funds for staffing and the incredibly high overhead of pension and or NI contributions. In my opinion... The refurbishment can wait, get control of the disproportionately high overheads, says Julian. The story continues, doesn't it? What's going to happen to the uh, the southern swimming pool? Just a note, says Tony. I live in a corporation house. I am means tested every year to sign my new lease. Uh, where these people uh, uh, get that we can afford a motorhome... I can't afford to get a mortgage. That's even if you could get one, says Tony. Motorhomes. More on motorhomes. Texter 839 says, Andy, Williston is full of motorhomes. The buses can't get through. Williston is a corporation estate. If you have the money to buy a motorhome, why are you in a corporation house? Texter 839, that is. It's incongruous that the Alaman government wants us to stop using our cars for travel, yet haven't banned the import of so many recreational motorhomes for sale, says G. Is that the next thing to happen? Banning recreational motorhomes? 
Maybe next time we have someone on from the Green Party, we could possibly ask them about it. Uh, people who park in the loads of messages in today, which I'm trying to get through before we finish. Uh, people who park in the disc zones and change their car every two hours. Um, this is their business and no one else's. A neighbour abused me recently and banged on my door and told me off for it. I told her to mind her own business. People need to get a life and stop nosing into what other people do, says this correspondent. When did Manx Utilities start charging a standing charge? 21p a day. I just got my bill with an £18 standing charge. Same as gas. Surely this is not fair. That's the electricity one, I think. Uh, and uh, let's see here. We've got um, re the bank closures. This is it, Michael. The bank closures are ridiculous. The Alaman Bank closed its branch in Peel two years ago yesterday, leaving everybody living there with no bank to go to. Now... Um, HSBC and Ramsey, uh, says Michael. They say trends in banking have changed. They are correct. That's why we have so many scams. The scammers benefit out of it because online banking stored on phones isn't that safe. Well, Michael, I'm sure they'd say it is safe, but anyway. Scammers have logged into them remotely, and if you lose your phone... Fraudsters can cash in. We need branches that we can walk into and talk to staff, deposit money safely and withdraw it safely, says Michael. Eddie's with us now. Hi, Eddie. Hi, yeah. I was just um, listening before and I uh, believe I've, um, I've upset somebody, Barbara. She mentioned my name, Eddie. Yeah, OK. Yeah, um, I'll get a few things together and I'll come on tomorrow and give a bit more detail about everything. But um, yeah, um, I, I seem to have stirred things up, which is exactly what I wanted to do. We may, we may get to the truth eventually, and um, you never know. The general public should get a say in everything and not try to get people like herself hushing things up to cover up. I wonder why she's resigned, by the way. All right. Well, well. Look forward to yeah, you. get that stuff tomorrow. together and get in touch. Okay, Eddie. I will. I will indeed. Bye. All right. Thanks for calling today. Uh, and here's a note in from it is Brian who says, um, "Just you mentioned a while back that why doesn't the Isle of Man sponsor entrance tickets to the Star of India, that fine um, sailing vessel in San Diego in California? If we sponsor the entrance tickets to the Star of India." Uh, we'll say a $400 cash redemption for each ticket when presented at the Welcome Centre by a US passport holder. I'll go further than that. What we need to do is to cash in on things that are relevant around the world that have got a Manx resonance and influence. We should have a Bee Gees Museum on the Isle of Man. We should have a TT dedicated museum on the Isle of Man we should have a Norman Wisdom museum on the Isle of Man we should have a George Formby museum on the Isle of Man says Brian everybody else has museums surely Norman Wisdom lived here for years George Formby made a famous film about the Isle of Man the Bee Gees were born here and the TT comes from here there's a big space in Summerland. Why don't we just make an enormous museum and put them in there? That's it.
Thanks to Chris Quirk for producing today. Back tomorrow with another open line at 12 and day. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. W-I-N-T.